This is Slashers, your new favorite podcast about your new favorite horror media. My name is Jake, and with me, as always, is my esteemed colleague, co-host, and cohort, Adrian. Say hello to the mutant goons from beyond. Hey, mutant goons. How's everyone doing? I'm doing pretty well. I can't speak for everybody listening, but personally, I'm doing well. Your life is in shambles. My life is in shambles. We're mutually engaging in each other's schadenfreude. I'm like, oh, at least I didn't have to pick up runny shit. And you're like, oh, at least didn't have to, I didn't have to wipe a shitty butthole from a, a tantruming three-year-old. So, you know, reciprocity. So what are some good things going on in your life right now? I hear rumors of pumpkins. Oh, my God. I literally, I went to Trader Joe's today, but it was just so stressful because everyone and their mother was there. And how many masks? One? I know everyone had their mask on because that's on the side of town. I saw Bernie supporters on that side of town. So everyone wears their mask. Nice. My Trader Joe's is actually less masks than my regular uh, markets, which is crazy to me. I'm like, aren't you supposed to be libtards like me? Aren't we all supposed to be conscientious? But I feel like they're all the hippy dippy ones who are like, hey, man, like I, I only compost with my own shit mm-hmm. and stuff. So they think that they've got an immunity through their colon. I guess so. I don't know. But I, there's literally like a thousand people in there. And this one lady had her daughter with a little cart and the daughter was running around the store screaming and knocking into everything. And the lady couldn't control her. And it was a whole thing. And she had like three family members with her. And not one of them could like pick the baby up and say, hey, <laughs> let's not do this. <laughs> Hey, don't be the Tasmanian devil. Just be a child who is stationary. You have kids, right? Like, I mean, I don't know if you let them, like, just run around the store going crazy. Maybe you do. Fucking mortifying. No, that does not happen. Okay, so it's not, I, you know, because people like to say, well, I, you know, you, everyone does this. I'm like, I feel like not everyone does that because no, there'd be more children doing that. But anyway... It's also weird because I like I've talked about on the show, it's kind of a latchkey kid, kind of left my own devices and stuff. Like I remember vividly, like my mom just didn't keep track of me in stores and stuff. But I was always like on a Game Boy, like I knew I should be behaving. And so like I remember a full time I was in the Santa Anita Mall. Shout out to Arcadia. And I walked like half the length of the mall looking at my Game Boy, thinking the lady in front of me was my mom. <laughs> that was not my mom. And so stuff like that where, yeah, but like when it came to just like running around and throwing tantrums and stuff, nah. The second my kid fall, flops on the floor, I just pick the kid up. We leave. I'm not going to undergo the shame and the slings and arrows of outrageous misfortune from being glared at. Mm-mm. I'm the glarer, not the glare True. I mean, because and that's the thing. I deal with screaming teenagers all day long. <laughs> I don't want to go to Trader Joe's and hear more. Can't do it. But anyways, the all their fall shit is out of you been lately. Oh, yeah. They have the little little uh, cinnamon brooms and stuff. Yes, I'm all about I it. I love the cinnamon brooms. I still have mine from last year. So I'm like, I can't throw them away. They're still cute. They just don't smell anymore. Highly flammable, though. Are they really? I think so. Oh, my so. God. I leave them by the candle. <laughs> Hold on. So you live in like a hot area and you use candles. Explain. Because it's like it's technically I use candles all the time. I always put candles. But why? They don't keep you warm. They just smell nice. They smell toxic. There's chemicals in them. Carbon emissions. They're very dangerous. I don't understand the benefit. Unless you're like kinky and you're using the wax. If that is, just blink once for yes, twice for no. No, I wish wish that was the case. But no, that is not the case. 
Oh, poor <laughs> vanilla. I know. But yeah, no. So anyway, I bought like I ended up leaving with I told you four pumpkins. It was actually six pumpkins. I'm sorry. What? Oh, you got the little baby pumpkins yeah. like the Green Goblin? I got a couple of baby pumpkins and I forgot I bought them until I got home. And I was like, oh, yeah, I bought these. <laughs> <laughs> That's when you might have a problem. I know. And then I bought pumpkin spread and pumpkin bagels and pumpkin mac and cheese bites. Like it was ridiculous. Like everything pumpkin in the cart. And the lady's like looking at me like, oh my God, this girl is fucking nuts. And I'm like, I don't care. Just put it in a box. Cause yeah. Am I paying you to judge me or am I paying you for my groceries? Exactly. And she's like, I think you need a box. Cause of course I had a bunch of wine. I'm like, of course I need a box. There was no boxes. I'm like, cause there's 50,000 people in here. I'm like, does nobody have a job? Like I don't understand. <laughs> Absolutely hilarious. Well, it's funny because Doug's talk shit about pumpkin spice stuff, but then at the same point, been like, I had three this week. Yeah, no, they're delicious. But you only get two pups. If you just if you get four, it's too much. You just get two pups. Fun fact: not vegan, so I've never had pumpkin spice. There's a lot of things like I never got a cronut because I've been vegan since before it was popularized. So I've never engaged. So well, the syrup, I hope the you syrup enjoy isn't it. vegan. Nope. You, you, it has uh, skim milk fat powder, if I'm not mistaken, from my years, years, years ago as a barista. No, it's a it's hold on. I'm Googling this now because it's the syrup like you can get it with. Um, they have oat milk now, which is amazing. So now that's but all that, I buy. Oat milk is not the syrup. Oat milk is the milk. Yeah. Pumpkin is pumpkin spice syrup. Vegan. New. Because usually I just believe Jake without questioning him. But sometimes I have to just, you know, just well, do I haven't it for worked my there sake. for about 13 years, so it's been a while. But I have a feeling they haven't uh, changed the recipe. Oh, yeah, you're right. You are right. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to isolate that audio, make that your ringtone now. <gasps> you will not. Absolutely will. So this week, I mentioned Doug. Hilarious that Doug recommended, insisted, in fact, this was his one movie pick for the month, and then we couldn't schedule with him because he's off in the wilderness like that guy who got eaten by the bears or the other sad guy who Emil Hirsch played who killed himself with mushrooms or whatever. And hopefully he's not doing either of those things. But he, we were like, hey, let's get you on the episode that you picked. And he's like, I don't care. I just want to hear your guys' thoughts. So hopefully our audience is the same as Doug and you want to hear our thoughts on student bodies. Had you ever even heard of this film? No, I hadn't. Actually, well, I Same. did. I saw. It, I did see it. I think in passing, like in Prime, like when like movies you may like. Yeah. Because that the the picture looks familiar, but the poster's super familiar. The one where it's the gal draped across the desks with the megaphone. Is that what it is in her mouth? A fugal horn. What do you call those things? A blowhorn. Blowhorn. Yeah. There you go. Mega, I don't no, know. No, mega, megaphone. But wouldn't the mega be the electronic part that makes it like bombastic? That's the electric one. So that's just like the blowhorn. I don't fucking know. I don't Cheerleading use that. Cheerleading cone talk into. And it's called a megaphone. It is still a megaphone. Oh. Speaking trumpet, bullhorn, blowhorn, or loud hailer are also acceptable terms for the handheld cone-shaped acoustic horn used to amplify a person's voice or other sounds and direct it in a given direction. Okay. I feel like using direct and direction is a little bit, I don't know. It's There's redundant. better word choice there. You pull out your fucking thesaurus, Wikipedia. <laughs> well, yeah. It's like some eighth grade kid writing that. But yeah, no, um, the I'm just happy that I was right for a change. Like, hey. Um, <laughs> but no, I hadn't heard of it. And so... When he said it was a horror comedy, I just assumed it was like a regular horror movie. 
and, you know, just had the comedy in it. I didn't think it would be like scary movie-esque type horror. Yeah. Which I guess in, the, in that case, it is actually the first, well, the first movie that I know of that that's, has done something like that with horror movies. Um, very self-aware, very uh, paying homage or, you know, satirizing or parad- paradise. Is it paradising? <laughs> Parodying, I think, Parodying. is what it is. Yeah. Yeah. Parod- Parodizing sounds better. It does. I like that. This should be a band name of a band. Um, but parodying Plus it has die in a, in it when you say it that way. So that's very on brand. That's true. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But anyways, that's parodying all these horror films. So I was pleasantly surprised. Do I well, I guess we'll talk about what we thought of it later. <laughs> so I actually wanted to break from tradition when it comes to the naming of this episode, and I'm gonna name it Is Student Bodies the Naked Gun of Horror? And I don't know if you like that naming convention, let us know. I've I've gotten lost in the weeds because a lot of people are very supportive of the show, but a lot of people don't necessarily uh, give us feedback. So mm-hmm. I want to make sure I'm tailoring this to our audience. So some people were you know very vocal saying, eh, you know, the segment's a little too gimmicky, is a little too repetitive. And some people have said no, but there isn't enough of a vote on either side to drastically change. So we're trying to find like an adequate middle ground. But if you want to be heard, be heard. Do you want us to give silly, silly titles for the episodes? We'll do it. Do you want us to number the episodes? We'll do it. Do you want us to fuck right off? We will consider doing it. Well, I think it's helpful to put the name of the movie in the title. Yes. As a person who so listens that's to podcasts. Yeah. Student bodies would be the second and third word in the title. I feel like it's pretty close to first rank. I could always do it. Student bodies, comma, the naked gun of horror question mark. So it's the first and second word. That is like, this is so hard. I don't, I just don't want you to, I just don't want us to start changing the names of the episodes to where nothing about the movie is even in the title. And then nobody knows what the hell we're talking about. Because I think like, if I listen, go ahead. No, like YouTube videos. Sorry, I was cutting you off. Please go ahead. No, I was just saying as someone who listens to podcasts, like that's, especially for our podcast, that's what I look for as a movie that I actually want to see or listen about, right? So if I don't know what the hell you're talking about, why am I going to press play? But also, I think that slanting films to kind of go into the way we're looking at them can be a little bit done in the title. Like, is Carrie classic after all? Question mark. You know, it does Lost Boys hold up? Stuff like that. Yes and yes. Okay, fine. Yes, it holds up. I've, there's no debate there. Obviously, if you go back and listen to the episode, very, very favorable. My co-host at the time, it was his favorite movie. And I'm going to say this on the air. Didn't text me about his baby, but texted me a stupid meme about that movie. So there you go. Back to Student Bodies, 1981. Clearly, we know it was more important. <laughs> I don't fucking understand. I still don't understand. But he doesn't listen to this show. So what the fuck do I care? I have a declaration, a proselytization, a sermon on the mount I have to give before we get into the movie itself. Are you ready? Sure. Pluto TV is not is not the official free streaming app of Slasher's podcast. That is bolded, underlined, and italicized because fuck that fucking streaming app. It is the worst. So I like left off and I was like, oh, I'm just going to pick it up in the morning. Yeah. I had less than 10 minutes left, but I was just tired or whatever. And so I go to just click it this morning. I, I just opened my laptop. Wouldn't play. Refreshed it. Wouldn't play. Had to open it in an incognito browser. Then it wants to play. But when it plays, in order to skip, I had to watch each and every commercial 
that would have been on that line to get to where I was. They were all the same commercial. In fact, one of the commercial breaks was three of the same commercial. And then I paused it for seven minutes to make a phone call. I know because my phone said seven minutes and 34 seconds and it reset again. And I put on my fucking eye patch and my peg leg and I pirated because fuck that. No. I say the nay. I have watched too many commercials. They've more than got their money's worth out of me. I don't feel bad about piracy. Pluto is bad. No, Pluto is awful. I saw that it was on Pluto and like I immediately just paid the the $3.99 to stream it on Prime because that's how lazy. I could have had Dan uh, Jack Sparrow it as well, but then I have to wait for him to actually do it. And like, no, I'll just do it. And because I keep picking the deliveries on Amazon Day, that gives you like a dollar credit. So I didn't have to pay for it. Nice. I know. So, and I'm glad because (laughs) this one, this was a little rough for me to get through. I don't know how you felt. Oh, really? Yeah. I mean, the beginning was really good, but when it started getting with Toby, she's an awful character. Like, I really hate her. (laughs) Yeah. That seems to be the general consensus of the film. If you look at a lot of reviews and one of the things, it's so funny how I don't even consider myself like a film reviewer, right? Because I went to Rotten Tomatoes. Because, you know, I figured, why not? And I click on it, I go, and it's all these people. I think the the oldest review was 2002. And I'm like, no, I'm that doesn't that's not contemporaneous or anything. And then I realized, oh, yeah, it's 2021. And I'm giving my opinion that nobody asked for. So how am I any better than them? But I digress. The film came out in 81, and I wanted to walk you through just some of the movies it had to draw upon. Are you willing to engage me? Sure, sure, because there's a lot of good ones on this one, so please do. Exactly. So this isn't, and for those of you following along, this is not the movies that student bodies parodied, because you could argue what is a parody or reference to what, intentional or unintentional, you know, the subconscious mind, whatever, it doesn't matter. So in 1960, you had Peeping Tom and Psycho. 63 is Blood Feast, which we all love because it is the predecessor of Blood Diner, which is the spiritual successor. Love that movie. Bay of Blood from 71. Last House on the Left, 72. Black Christmas in Texas Chainsaw, 74. The Town that Dreaded Sundown. Sundown. <laughs> Alice Sweet, Alice in 76. The Hills Have Eyes and Martin in 77. Halloween, Toolbox Murders, I Spit on Your Grave in 78. 79, you got The Driller Killer, which everybody shows all the time because it's in the public domain. When a Stranger Calls, Microwave Massacre, Tourist Trap. And then 1980, the year before, you had New Year's Evil, Christmas Evil, Fade to Black, Friday the 13th, Mother's Day, Prom Night, Terror Train, and Motel Hell. And so that's as far as we can really say we can draw upon because obviously the production of the film, us saying films that came out in 81 isn't really fair, right? Yeah, true. And so of that, I mean, what's fascinating to me is how little felt like overt references to those movies. It was very different than a scary movie where what I mean by scary movie is the scary movie franchise mm-hmm. where it's like or shriek, I guess, for that matter. Ugh. But <laughs> uh, where it's not like, oh, this is the scene from this. Yeah. It was just kind of topical and vague given you have a ton of movies to draw upon by that point over the span of 20 years. For sure. Yeah. But immediately when the movie starts, what is the first thing you think of when you see the house? Oh, Halloween. 
Halloween. So I'm like, oh God, this looks like Halloween. So I'm just watching it because like, again, I didn't know what the hell I was getting into. I didn't read anything about it first. Um, and then at the bottom, it says, you know, Halloween, the worst come up. And then it says Friday the 13th. And then Jamie Lee Curtis. Jamie Lee Curtis' birthday. birthday. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, and clearly she's only in like, what, three horror movies at this point. So it wasn't like she's like the Jamie Lee we know today. And yet she's still being referenced in this way as far back as 81. So I thought that was hilarious. So I did like that. And it's inherently nonsensical because in order to be Halloween, it has to be the 31st. 31st. In order to be Friday the 13th, it has to be the 13th. And Jamie Lee Curtis was obviously born November 22nd. Everybody knows this and has it committed to memory. So we can move on from there. But can I talk about the dearth of horror films that came out in 81, which I think adds credence to the whole, you know, 26 horror films came out last year. None of them lost money. I did not realize 81 is a fucking banger year. Oh, yeah. Michelle, I'm just going yeah, go to do the thing where I just say it all really quick and then we go back to it. Yeah, that's fine. So we have Scream, not the Wes Craven one, but rather one that was directed by Byron Quisenberry which sounds like the worst serial I've ever had. Scanners, Blood Beach, Zombie 2. That's just January. February, my favorite slasher of all time, My Bloody Valentine, Madman, Murder Syndrome, Road Games. Road Games has possibly the best fucking poster you've ever seen, and it stars Stacey Keach and Jamie Lee Curtis. Check it out. March, Maniac, Funhouse, Omen 3, Eyes of a Stranger, Ghost House, or excuse me, Ghost Keeper, Madhouse, Delusion. And I tried to keep these all with like slasher specific because there's a bunch of other stuff. So obviously the omen isn't really, but he's kind of because he's the antagonist, whatever. Mm -hmm. April, the howling, just because I love the howling, not a slasher. Completely concede that. The hand, bloody moon, bloody birthday, May, Friday the 13th, part Part two. two, graduation day, the burning, happy birthday to me, dead and buried. The fan is more of a thriller. June, final exam, the house by the cemetery, July, x-ray, then you get to student bodies. That's just that year. And there's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, 12 notable films I had that came out after student bodies. Does that blow your butt fucking mind? Well, yeah. Well, yes and no, because I I was watching, I watch a lot of documentaries on horror and I know that with the success of... Halloween that the slashers became such a huge integral part uh, because they've made so much money, all those slasher films. And we're not even getting so like they're parroting all of these um, horror movies back then, but this is way before Nightmare on Elm Street. So like imagine if it came out afterwards, like all of the shit that comes between 81 just to 84 is ridiculous. Like 80s was the time for the slashers, which is probably why a lot of people like the 80s were the best, in my opinion. Yeah, I think that's a, a pretty fair analysis. And I also think that the pacing is better. The effects are better. It's gorier. Mm-hmm. It's more vile. And it's just more exciting, I guess. Because I feel like, especially when it comes to 80s horror, you're kind of rooting for the killer a lot yeah. more. Yeah. Which is interesting because when I think about the way people view Norman Bates, modernly, a lot of people seem to really like Norman Bates and they they, they root for him. and They want him to be, you know, killer man, whatever. I would really love to know how it was perceived at the time. If people were like, oh, he's vile, he's awful, he's so cringy. Or if people always kind of had that, you know, playfulness with the character, if that makes sense. Oh, yeah, that's a good one. Um, well, if we're going <laughs> to, I don't know per se what people thought of it, but I don't know if you remember an episode of the Golden Girls where they were up all night because they'd watched Psycho. <laughs> and they were like, yeah. my dad about it. <laughs> um, so 
I I do think that people did root for them in the 80s. I don't necessarily know if people would have done so beforehand, but the fact that horror is so and you know, watching all of these horror movies like the the Red, White, and Blue in America or whatever, that that horror documentary is one of my favorites. And they always talk about like how everything sort of, you know, evolved from, you know, from Dr. Cabot and Dr. Caligari and on, right? Oh, yeah. So I, I just think that people inherently like to watch horror because, you know, it reminds them of their mortality in a way, but also that they get like some sort of like entertainment from it. Like you get a rush. And I think that with, with 80s slashers, they're more likable because they just have all these characters set up to knock them down. It's not like you care about any of these people, right? So... To your point entirely, having people there to die who are vile or people who are not bastions of you know health and civics and everything, like there's a lot to be said about, oh yeah, like we want them to die, or at the very least, we're okay with them dying because they're expendable mm-hmm. because they don't even you know honor and cherish their own life and temple of their bodies. So there's a there's a lot going on there. But I mean, obviously 80s is where I think that characters like Michael Myers, Jason Voorhees, Freddy Krueger, those become the guy you're rooting for. And I think that that just changes everything. Because like Prowler, like, yeah, Prowler's fun. But you're like, okay, I want the special effect. And then who really gives a shit about a guy who's cosplaying World War One or whatever, right? So, and then they're also mentioned too in other documentaries about how there are the fun, the fun spirited slashers like Jason and Michael and Freddie and even Chucky, but the mean spirited ones like Town the Dreaded Sundown. That one is super mean spirited. Maniac, yep. Maniac is hard for me to sit through. Even the new one, I don't like watching it. It's not fun for me. Yeah. I don't like watching, you know, him stalking women and doing that. Uh, even <laughs> we're going to talk about it again with the one where the I spit on your grave like that. That one's awful. Not watching it. Not watching that or Last House. Or Last House Sorry. on the Left even is just so the remake is really good, by the way. So I know you want to talk about that at some point, but the remake is very good. It does have it does have rape in it, but it's not as. I guess overt and is it's not it's not portrayed like it is in the last house on the left the old one. So well, I will admit plainly, we may talk about that next month on Talktober when we're doing all like themes and we're talking about what remakes are better. I will gladly be a poseur who's never seen either version, and I will talk about that based on a Wikipedia article. <laughs> Whatever happened to Wikipedia? I don't think we ever got to. (laughs) That actually ties into something else. So one thing that I've had a lot of people talk about with fanship lately, because obviously I'm concerned, like, you know, I look at numbers and we're just being drowned. Like there's just too much competition and people who are like paying to shove themselves down your throat. And so it's like, how do I make this palatable? How do I make this worth our audience's time and our time? Frankly, I mean, we have so much to fucking do in our real lives that this is, I mean, it's a huge undertaking. And so Alan and I were talking, shout out to Alan, always gives very thoughtful and good feedback. So does Dave, uh, David Jennings. Uh, But we were talking about, I've long toyed with the idea of reducing the length of episodes to be 30 minutes. Or at that point, I can still do an hour's worth of content a week. I don't know what I, I was saying. Context, maybe my brain fucked, but I could do an hour's worth of content a week and then split it into two which might make it easier for you to enjoy. Like you're putting on your, you know, your face for the day, you're watering the plants, you're cranking one out. I mean, frankly, (laughs) nobody really masturbates for an hour and eight minutes is usually how long these are going these days, right? Yeah. Well, I mean, no. (laughs) You do that, you're getting carpal tunnel. 
whether you're flicking a bean or you're playing with an eggplant. Yeah. But I, I mean, I don't mind them being an hour. I think listening for an hour is doable because even if, you know, I'm listening to anything that I listen to, I go take the dog out walking Stella. And it's when I walk her, it's a good 30, 45 minutes because it takes me 25 years to get downstairs and then another 25 to go find grass. So, I mean, for me, I think it's, it's more, um, accessible for me to, to listen, but you, you know, I mean, I, I, I think if we have a lot to say, I, and maybe we're doing it right now, but I, I feel that some podcasts that are just kind of like too much, you know, going the other way of what the topic is probably might be like, okay, when are they going to get to what we need to hear? And yeah, so, you know, I, but that's just me listening to different ones and it's just making, you know, trying to, to feel ours out, you know, compare well, that actually, it ties into the Wikipedia yum. So months ago, I graphically photoshopped the Wikipedia logo as a testicle, and then I copied it onto itself as another testicle, and then I drew a very girthy schlong dripping into the goon show's mouth because I thought that it'd be fun to do short content where we would literally go into a topic blind that was horror-related and then just read the Wikipedia article basically on the episode and just shit-talk it, uh, Mm -hmm. whether we know that it's right or it's wrong or riff. And if you'd like, if you have interest in that, let us know. We've still never recorded the pilot for Yum, but we can do it. And that'd be a great half hour episode. Yeah, for sure. That would be fun. But, you know, like I said, it, we don't know what you guys want unless you're, you know, giving us feedback or, you know, and I did hear your little intro to the last episode. I'm sorry, what? And you know what? Apostle, right Apostle <laughs> is not my fault. Okay. <laughs> I, I wanted to watch it. If people would just listen to it, they probably would laugh their asses off because it's actually a very funny episode. I mean, we do talk about the movie, but a lot of it's just making fun of it. So, you know, exactly. give it a chance. Give it a chance, people. Well, that's the hard thing, too, because it's like, I don't want us to basically be giving our audience homework to do. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's tough because honestly, like that's those episodes are the ones that hurt the most when they don't do well, because like Joe and Sally were on. We nailed it. I had a lot of fun that episode. And then like numbers weren't great. But obviously, there's a tons of life circumstances. And I even checked like some of our stats on different websites and I could kind of show that things weren't recording accurately. So maybe I have to take that with a grain of salt. And I don't want to sound like just a, like a ratings metadata whore. But I obviously I'm very proud of what we've achieved with this show. And I want to make sure it's worth your time and Doug's time as well, not even just my own selfishly and always going back to the audience's time. Because I know there are tons of podcasts that I've just stopped listening to. I mean, if I listened to every single podcast that I've ever listened to consistently, I wouldn't have enough time in an entire week to listen to every episode because I've I've picked up and given up on podcasts. It just happens. Yeah. Oh, for sure. For sure. But you know, we do put a lot of time and effort into these. Yeah. So I will say that. If you want, like, I mean, what are the, if people want us to just do a walkthrough of the movie, then, you know, we need to know because we kind of threw that out the, the window, right? With the, the slay by play, which, yeah. which is, you know, I mean, cause sometimes it's a little redundant, but I do know a lot of podcasts still do that and, you know, they seem to be fine. So yeah. What the hell do I If know? you want it, let us know. Cause I mean, I do still take chronological notes through the movie. I just don't really talk about it. Cause it's like, if you've seen it, then yeah. And if you haven't seen it, let me tell you, the worst way to watch a movie is through my nasally voice. Just go watch the movie. And that's a huge part of the movies that we pick are all like streaming free on Pluto or YouTube or very easily. Uh, but let's get into this film. Let's do it. Let's go into the statistics. 
86 minute runtime. Mm-hmm. Ooh. And Pluto fucks it up the ass by making it an hour and 40 minutes with ads. Yeah. I, I think it still feels, I don't know, it feels a little long and I didn't watch it, it with ads. So there's that. I think that it has a huge tonal shift when it becomes Toby's movie. Up until then, it is Naked Gun. After then, it becomes kind of more of a typical spoof film. And it's not for any knock on Kristen Ritter, though this is her only film. She's I think, is fine. I just think that the way that the movie is structured really suffers. But at a certain point, we've talked about this a thousand times, I could I struggle to think of a comedy that's over an hour and a half that's hilarious throughout. Mm-hmm. Pacing is a huge issue. And if I'm grateful, frankly, if I had to see a dog pissing a fart that was quacking or meowing through the whole movie, I would my brain would leak out of my nose. So there is something to be said about like keeping my mental health in check. <laughs> yeah, no, for sure. For sure. But so it, came, it was 86 minutes and I couldn't find really much, but I didn't look too far on the budget of the film. Did you find anything? Couldn't find a budget, but I did find that it grossed 5.2 million. And it seemed from what I could see that the consensus when it came out and I couldn't find a lot of really great uh, reviews short of the ones that are like cherry picked and put on Wikipedia, like Gene Siskel and stuff that reviewed it. And it seemed very lukewarm at the time. You know, Siskel, uh, I think his point was like, hey, it points out issues with the horror genre, but it doesn't like add anything, which is fair. But that's also I mean, that's the derisive commentary you could add to any satire. That's what it is. Like, oh, you're not creating art. You're criticizing art. That's like the whole Morrissey argument or whatever. But, you know, I think that this movie is fine. I just think that in a lot of ways, it's like a little too ahead of its time, I guess. Is is that fair? Yeah, I agree. Because it does it does get a lot into, and I wrote this down. Um, do, 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 do. Let me read that or read what I wrote because I feel like it's relevant. Okay, so it, it's, it is ahead of its time because I don't know if you remember, but towards the end of the movie on the chalkboard, the English teacher's room, it has the quote from Hamlet, like, get thee to an Did you notice that? Yep. <laughs> yeah. The, the Shakespearean scholar who I am, despite you thinking I'm retarded, uh, I actually never miss a reference to the shaken spear. Okay. Well, I was just, you know, I'm glad that they referenced that because they do talk a little, a lot about why these women are being murdered because they're having sex and sex is bad and sex is this, sex is that. Because I, I think that a lot of people who do criticize horror think that um, it's very exploitative and, you know, violence against women and all of that. And I feel like it's maybe, maybe some movies are, I think Maniac is very much like that in my opinion. But yeah. um, as far as this one, I said that, you know, it shows that the, the fact that they have that quote was, is, is kind of too smart for what the movie is, right? Because, you know, we know why Hamlet is telling this to Ophelia. And for those of you who don't know, he says this to Ophelia because he wants her to like, you know, go to a nunnery and never, you know, never reproduce and, you know, blah, blah, blah. I'd kill myself too if I was her, if I, if I had to deal with this crazy ass. And how perfect was that Mel Gibson played him in one of the versions? Because <laughs> I'm like, yeah, you're, you're really that crazy, aren't you? Um, but anyways, it still shows how, you know, women must remain chaste in horror movies. Otherwise, you know, they're going to be murdered violently because of their sexual exploitations. And how funny is it that every guy that dies, like, it's not that he just dies, but that he gets put in a garbage bag. <laughs> I love it. I really do. This is the year Porky's came out, mind you. And I don't, I mean, 
we we talk about it a lot, like a lot of 80s shit, like the, the boys will be boys stuff is dirty and gross. And so this is a really good job of benefiting from the creep factor, but also calling it what it is. I, I think that especially thematically, I think this is way ahead of its time because also think about the restraint. It is making fun of materializing women and sexualizing them and basically just objectifying them. But you don't ever see an exposed nipple. You see one kind of through lace, but like, you see what I mean? Like it's, I think that's a very savvy amount of restraint. In fact, you know that the whole like fuck you thing was legitimately to get an R rating because it wasn't going to get one otherwise. No. Yeah, I know. And that's crazy. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Because there's no gore. There's no, you know, except for the, the, the top, the things that they say about sex and the fact that they get too much into it. And honestly, that one guy that they're making fun of, like the proud boy, oh, <laughs> you know yeah. what I'm talking about? <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> so I feel like those alone could be, I guess, well, I guess it would still be PG-13. There's no nudity. There's no gore. Um, they're killing people with paper clips and, and bookends, like... <laughs> A horse head bookends, to be specific. Oh God! So I get it. Yeah, I do. I do like that they add that in there again. It's very self-aware, and so I. There are things about it that I did enjoy. Would I watch this again and again? No, I hate to say it. This is one of those movies, and that's why I drew the comparison with Naked Gun. Naked Gun and Police Squad, both entities, came out after this movie. I feel like Airplane, which came out the year before this movie, is probably a lot fresher in people's mind. Airplane, I think, is is very comedic. It's it's standalone comedy. It's sure it's derivative and it's parody to an extent, but I don't I don't qualify that in the same way. And so the reason I draw this with the Naked Gun, Naked Gun is so fucking funny, but I very very rarely laugh out loud. I think I laughed out loud like three times in this whole movie, but I thought it was exceedingly funny throughout. And I think that this is one of the ones where I'm eager to kind of go back and revisit it to see if I can just laugh and enjoy it contemporaneously versus me wanting to catch every reference. You know what I mean? I yeah. feel like I sacrificed the giggles because I was trying to get the the deets. Yeah. Well, I think the, the funniest parts that I laughed out loud, and this is terrible, well, not terrible, but the best character, I think, is the mom in the beginning that would keep oh, bitching yes. about the six, 75 cents an hour. Uh, 65 cents an hour. Remember that. That was hilarious. When she gives it to the mother, she's like, here's her pay, 65 cents an hour. And, and lost my and, fucking mind. And car fare, one way, of course. Yes. <laughs> So fucking good. The mom was the best character of the whole fucking movie. I just couldn't. I was dying when the mom got out of the car and was bitching about the dishes and the 75 cents an hour and going on and on. I'm like, oh, my God. So honestly, this kind of goes to a point that I have with the movie. So it was written and directed by Mickey Rose. There's a lot of reference to Michael Ritchie helping. Um, He produced the film under the whole Alan Smithy name, which was I did a bunch of research on it just because, you know, that's the way my brain works. Yeah. Did that go anywhere? I mean, you know, it ended in formally ended in 2000 and it had lasted for like 40 years by that point. And basically it was a way for people to avoid being attached to stuff. And it seems like with this film, there's a lot with like regard to writer strikes and whatnot. So that's really what caused a lot of the people double dipping into different duties and whatnot. But Mickey Rose did a lot of Woody Allen stuff. He had done Bananas and Crime Lives. And so I was really curious. Think, do you think this would be a better movie if you gender swapped Toby and made Toby Woody Allen? Oh, like back in the day, Woody Allen, not like pervert Woody well, he Allen. He would have looked 40 at the time anyway. But I mean, like, 
does the quirky sensibility and everything work? Because I think that especially the first half, the absurdist nature would be, I mean, hysteria or Woody Allen and drag. There you go. That would be hilarious. Somebody in drag would be better. Yes. Him getting excreted on and stuff. But they even mentioned it. What did they call her? They said she looks like so-and-so in a ruby sweater. Like they, the movie even calls that out about her. So the movie even knows like she's no good in this role. Yeah. I feel like the, I like her better when she turns into Sandy from Grace at the end. <laughs> like- at least she has some character, right? Yeah. The whole clutching her bosom and like, like oh, you know, the, the I have balloons. to give her credit though. <laughs> and when she hugs the guy, you hear the balloon. <laughs> Well, no, I'm, I'm talking about like before how she's so like prissy and just like no characteristics beyond that. But I have to admit that because of that generic prissiness, the button gag made me laugh out loud. The no, no, really, no, stop. And then on the bra, the last one, chef's kiss. Delightful. Uh, it's just, you know, it's it's silly. And it's, you know, obviously, you're not meant to take it seriously. It does. It does comment on you know these things that are are serious i think it's ahead of its time and i think that a lot of people back then probably wouldn't have picked up on it because i think a lot of people were inherently like the proud boy and that was just the way that it was because boys would be boys and this was okay like nobody was calling shit out back then right so i i wonder if that had anything i wonder if people got the reference i wonder if people like understood it oh that's interesting you know because we learned a lot back then so i don't know how well, and I wonder how accessible everything was. You know, sure, things had a much, 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 much longer theatrical run. But if you weren't catching it on a theatrical run, you weren't getting it on your Betamax and taking it home. And then short of bringing a 35 millimeter print and then using it on a projector, unless you were catching it at a theater, you might not. Have, and it's very likely people didn't catch every reference, which that actually might lend to one of the reasons why it kind of goes off the rails later on uh, and just deals with like very broad strokes because you wouldn't want to alienate your audience and go, oh, remember this scene in this Michael Myers film. Yeah, for sure. But by then there was only two, right? So it wasn't like they had a reference seven of them <laughs> at this point. God, I would love to see what they would do with the Curse of Thorn. Oh my God. Ah, well, I told you what happened with that one. I watched, I could not believe it. I'm like, Dan, this is not the movie. Like I'm yelling at Dan because I'm like, you got me the wrong one. I, so I got to explain to Adrian the difference between censored versions of film that were for TV and those that weren't. Because you're like, wow, this movie's so much longer when Dan pirates, which one, the Curse of Thorn for you. But then it doesn't have any of the gore. No, but it's not even just that it was made for TV. It's an entirely different movie. Like what's what I'm saying is when it was played for TV, what they had to do was excise the gore and they had to add filler. So that's a completely different cut for TV. Are you sure? It happens all the time. The Goonies did it too. The Goonies has like two extra scenes when it's a TV version versus when it's not. Albeit they still didn't. They were too cowardly to include the octopus when I was a kid. Fucking cowards. (laughs) Well, but I was reading on that. I'll probably talk more about it later. I was reading when I looked it up because you and Doug were both giving me conflicting reasons why which i understand because i think that making it for tv obviously you're taking it out that makes a lot of sense but there was a lot of the i guess what they had done is they had given that that initial version without the gore with more dr loomis all of those things going on they act the fact that jamie survives michael's attack and she's alive throughout the film uh because the test audiences hated it and then I was reading that somebody had made a comment that the test audience is made of like 14 year old boys. So like, what are we doing? So then they went back and reshot it with more gore. They killed off Jamie in the beginning and they, but they took out 
so much from the other version that if you watch the gory one, you don't know what the hell's going on. Like, yeah. no idea. But completely different ending. Completely, like a completely different tone. Completely different. Like to me, I'm floored by that. So, with what's with, the difference between Psycho and Psycho Three? Yeah, or even Psycho One and Two, and then Three. Because like you have something that's tonally severe and ramps up, and then you just have a dumb slasher that's just fun, and that's kind of what they went for. Yeah. But the the continuity of the Halloween franchise is just why just don't. It's like putting four different puzzles together. Well, yeah, Halloween kills is coming out in a couple of weeks. Is it though? I think it, it really? is. They keep releasing more trailers. I assume it's finished. If I'm not sitting next to a bro with a bad Michael Myers tattoo yelling at the screen, am I really seeing a Halloween film? A lot of people really like um, Michael Myers, though. And I, these two, the, well, the first remake, this, which is actually the second remake, whatever, wasn't bad. It was good. What do you mean? You mean the, the 2018 one? Yeah. That's a, a restart, not a remake. Yeah, but we have. Oh, yeah. So it's like a part two from part one. Yeah. Which they'd already tried with H2O. I know, which was so good, but we'll talk about that in October because I, yes, because I will defend part six, not, not the Dr. Loomis one all over the place, one that I watched. I will defend part six. It'll defend H2O. They are better than well, here's four my five. thing. Every time I like a Halloween film, the next one fucks it in the ass. Like I, I love the one where the little girl kills a mama. And then the next one, it's like, she's mute and she didn't kill her mother. <laughs> I know. Cool. Thanks so much. I like H2O and then Ant-Man comes to the rescue. I'm like, God damn it. Well, whatever. Resurrection is not terrible either. So I guess I'll cover the ones that everybody hates. Deal. Okay. For our Patreon bonus episode for October, we're doing all of them. And you're taking all the ones I hate, which is five of them. So so six, H2O, <laughs> seven, eight, which is Resurrection. And then you don't like the Rob Zombie ones. Nope. And then you don't like 2018? David Gordon Green? Okay. That's fine. Fine. It didn't like blow me away. Everybody was like, oh my God, that's the best thing ever. It's going to save horror as a franchise. I'm like, no, it's just a movie. This is probably going to piss people off. I liked the Friday the 13th remake better than I liked Halloween 2018. I like that remake a lot. I love the Friday the 13th remake. I think it's really good. Yeah, it's fun. And it just gets to the fucking point, which is rad. Granted, like the Halloween franchise, I feel like it gets to the point and then nothing and then gets to the point. So it kind of has like that little dip. Versus like the Friday the 13th starts off on the dip and then shoots off from there, both in the first film and then in all the films that kind of come after it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And so like, it's interesting so that because we're talking about Friday the 13th and Halloween because they're, I think, referenced the most in student bodies, would you say, right? I would throw in a lot of Black Christmas, given oh, that yeah. phone gag. I mean, and not just obviously there were other leering callers in film history. Shut up. Don't do it. Don't bring it up to me. But I feel like that one specifically and also just the comedy of it and like the secretion coming out of it. And then every time somebody touches a phone later, how it keeps going off, like that's some really funny shit. And I just felt, I don't know, that was one of my favorite running gags, even more so than uh, what is it? It gets me hot. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, because on the phone, they're like, did he hang up or what did they say? But at the end of the phone call, like... Did he hang no, up? No, I just said click. Or yeah. Just- <laughs> <laughs> what? That was really funny. So yeah, I laughed. I laughed throughout the movie. I did. I do. I do like the ending. I like that Toby is finally, you know, taken out, but that she comes back and gets him at the end. Carrie's style is, is nice as well. So that works. I mean, 
Let me ask you, did you feel like this film deserved or should have had a post-credit sizzle? Because I felt like this was the movie to do it. Oh, yeah, they should have done something. And I was actually waiting and I was thinking, this is 1981. Nobody fucking did that back then. (laughs) Aha! Clearly, one did not look at Jake's notes because I did the research on the first post-credit scene in film history. Are you ready for it? What is it? The Silencers from 1966, starring Dean Martin. He played the character of Matt Helm. And at the end of the film, it's him and a bunch of titty ladies. And it says, Matt Helm will return. Now, I was cheering as I was doing my research. No sequel. No sequel. Because it would have been the best thing ever if the first teaser would have not happened. You know, like my Masters of the Universe, where Skeletor returns to not return. Mm -hmm. But unfortunately, there were several sequels for Matt Helm, Murderer's Row, The Ambushers, The Wrecking Crew, which ruined it. Fuck. In an alternate universe, there are four sequels to Master of the Universe, no sequels to The Silencers. And that's where I want to live. <laughs> yeah, I know. So I guess so that was all the way back in the 60s, right? So people did that. Yeah. Okay. Well, and did people... That's the thing, too. Because a lot of the times in older films, the credits came first. Yep. So then I guess it would be easier to wait for that, quote, post-credit scene. So there technically wouldn't be any. I don't know. And there weren't 15,000 VFX artists and 27 babies born during production that they had to reference. So yeah, that probably helps. <laughs> yeah, that's true. So back to the goddamn film. I really like the movie uh, overall. This is, like I said, this is a movie I'm going to go back and probably rewatch. Mickey Rose had done other weird things. He did, con- or he worked on Condor Man, which if you haven't seen Condor Man, what are you doing? It also came out in 81. Just check it out. It's referenced overtly in the Toy Story short, Small Fry. Condor Man. Mm. It was edited by Ruth Hope. I thought that this person would have a, an incredible career. The only other film that she had edited was Starship Invasions, which aside from featuring Christopher Lee, Sir Christopher Lee, not much going on there. I was shocked. I thought that this person would be the, the bell of the ball because the editing was super fun. Very well done. I saw some people like re-edit trailers and stuff. I felt that the pacing was fine. I think it was the content more than the delivery. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. This was like Scott Pilgrim levels of editing and stuff, though, or like Zombieland, where it's like incorporating like the the rules, right? Mm-hmm. That level yeah. of like innovation. I had never seen a movie where it overlaid where it called, you know, unlocked or also the windows down and and keeping the running tally. And stuff. It, was, it was so snarky and snide. I wanted more of it, to be frank. Like, I think that also me wanting more of it showed that it didn't outweigh its welcome because yeah. by the end, it was still funny. But I feel like if it would have been as often as I probably would have liked it, I would have gotten sick of it. Yeah, yeah. Because, you know, you forget about it. And then when somebody dies, like little counter comes up. So I'm like, oh, that's cute. <laughs> oh, man. One of the best jokes of the entire movie is the principal, right? Where he's like, yes. I've been naked this whole time under these clothes. I was like, I can't deal with how funny that is. That's just amazing. And he had that, what is that? I love NYC. I hope, yeah, New York. What? Oh, oh. my God. I don't even know what's happening. So, and, and you know, the, the fact, I did like the twist at the end. The fact that she's like, Wizard of Oz is it, right? She wakes up and there's this oh, fever dream. It. And then everybody's a different character. You know, all of the ableist characters actually can So, what does it say about her that she thought this of all these people? Well, Toby is not that innocent, right? Yeah, I think that's completely fair. Also, well, it's an interesting one, too, because if you take where they are and you do the counter, it's as if each person got a direct antithesis, but it's not just a blanket. You know, it's not like 
these characters as a whole were subverted because then you kind of almost feel like it would be Shaun of the Dead where they do the counter versions of each other. No, this was something far greater. Where each character got their own so much so like, you know, the the stick Patrick Boone Varnell, he becomes like a dignified British professor. Yeah. Like, and then you have the shop teacher who wants to fuck a horse, the proto brony. Yeah. How he becomes the French teacher. Mwah, chef's kiss. I'll always be your French teacher. That's the hokey shit that teachers say. Like, I'll always be your teacher. Like, no, you're not. Oh, I don't say that. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, I just thought it was cute how they did that. And oh, and we forgot one of the funny, well, not like a really funny part to me, I think, is after he kills her and then they go to the funeral. It's like one hour later. <laughs> Yes. And then the fucking psychiatrist is talking. Amazing. Or And it's all, well, her sexual repression led to her dying. And you're like, I'm sorry. She smut. What? Yeah. Delicious. Like he's like referring that her sexual repression led to this, led to that, led to this, and ultimately her death. Right. So. Like, well, and then oh also, so first it's like, okay, so she has swine flu and this is all a fever dream. Funny. Topical. Cool. Then when they're walking through the woods, she says that her sexual repression caused her swine flu. That's something that I think flew just over 90% of people's heads. So they're just like, oh, whatever. And then you're like, wait a second. That's amazing. Yeah. There's so many little things like that. That's what I mean. Like I couldn't let myself laugh out loud because I had to hear and witness each part. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot to to unpack in such a, a silly movie. And I was thinking, you know, that which is what I, I was you know, making comments about that because I just feel that... I, I, I don't know. I just, it has a lot to talk about. And I don't think that Doug would have been as serious as us talking about this. Oh, yeah. We're analyzing it, though. I mean, that's, but it's also hard, too, because, like, I don't want to just quote this movie. I really, if you haven't seen it, if you're listening to this episode for some fucking reason, you got to go watch it. I think this is definitely, like, a great merit badge movie. This feels like such a find to me that I never had. Like, I feel as Twitter painted as, like, the first time I got to watch Blood Diner or, like, you know, uh, bad taste, albeit those having much greater impact on me, but it's that same kind of thrill. Yeah. 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 This was really cute. And I think that if, if we didn't have something like this, then we wouldn't, I, obviously it has influenced so many of our horror comedies that come later, especially I think that scary movie takes what student bodies did and it makes it very, it just takes it over the top, right? It takes all of the things I think that student bodies has and kind of twists it and sort of, just makes it gross it makes it i don't think scary movie is funny it's a lot more heavy-handed i mean like but i mean to be fair like this movie has a cum gag too just like scary movie too where he, she does the facial or whatever yeah. to stay warm but i think that movie is a lot more one-to-one comparisons and i think that that also comes to the type of media by the time that scary movie comes out the vcr market was booming and that's mm-hmm. i mean the first time I saw many of the movies that people characterize as classics was on home video because I wasn't alive when the other stuff happened. So I think it's a generational thing, but I feel like it's definitely, I guess, a spiritual successor because this movie isn't perfect. It's just crazy how innovative it was for the time. Yeah. And um, yeah, one I have to really mention, did you catch that they had adjoining plots for the first two teenagers that died? That's hilarious. Again, something that's so stupid, the idea of these kids. I don't even know that they were boyfriend and girlfriend. They were just planning on fucking. Yeah. And they got adjoining grave plots. Yeah. Amazing. <laughs> I know. I know. I And that's the thing. Like, I wish the first girl had lasted through the movie because I thought I really liked her. 
I don't know what it is that I liked about her, but I thought she was all her high heels. Yeah, she was cute. She sort of reminded me of the sister from Night of the Comet in a way. So I kind of liked her, okay. wanted her to stay, and then I figured she would die <laughs> from paper clips. Okay, but <laughs> I'm a little sad she was killed by paper clips uh, instead of singular because he only picks up one. I didn't see him picking up a box of paper clips. Yeah, there. maybe he went back. But then it was a nice twist though too that it was his the old lady that was bagging up the boys, and then when she wakes up, the old lady is an old man. Did you notice that? Interesting. Well, then also the fact that the guy who kills her with a paperclip is the one who says, who could even get, you know, a weapon like this? And then the lady says, that's your paperclip, <laughs> which is to say not that he had picked it up off of his desk, but that it was quite literally his paperclip in the bag. Pretty, pretty clever. I thought. Yeah. Yeah. I know. I, I, there are things I really appreciated about this one. So I'm really glad that we got to watch it. I'm sad that we didn't hear Doug. I really wanted to know what Doug had to say, but <laughs> I guess we'll never know. Text him and say, Doug, send us a recording of your five minute thoughts and we'll just have him do a monologue and we'll put it in the episode here. Hey, all you mutant goons from beyond. This is Doug. That's right. I'm recording separately out in Mammoth Lake. I, uh, I went camping instead of recording the episode, uh, you know, so shame on me. But uh, I guarantee you, student bodies is, is well worth the time for you. And I, I, I feel bad because this was my pick, I believe, and I'm not there for this episode. But I'm in some other form. Everyone's got a phone, right? So we could record any other way. But Student Bodies, uh, if you want my opinion on it, here you go. Here's my two cents. I think Student Bodies is hilarious. A lot of the jokes still land today. Um, It almost almost feels like an episode of South Park in terms of like how crass the humor can be. Some of the jokes don't land as well today. I like to call this film uh, South Park with boomer humor. That's right. This film has a lot of that boomer humor that uh, wouldn't fly today. And all the boomers always say, well, you can't make jokes now. Well... Yeah, for example, uh, I think Mr. Mil- Mr. Malvert was my favorite character in this, uh, the rubber band man. So if anyone could find more stuff on Mr. Malvert, uh, it would be greatly appreciated. But uh, yeah, I think there's one joke in the stadium uh, when, when they're trying to point out the killer. And they're like, oh, all right, any, any person with, uh, with, uh, with same-sex couple parents, please leave. And Mr. Malvert leaves. So I'm like, oh, that joke probably wouldn't fly today. And, you know, it's, it's for a good reason. But crazy thing about this, the whole horsehead book and shop teacher, I find that character hilarious. Um, and it, sadly, it's probably a sad fact, but back when I was in high school, I had a teacher that was very similar to that horsehead bookends guy. So, for example, he he used to get pissed off when uh, when when, when uh, females would be in the class. He'd be like, "Yeah, you females shouldn't be in this class, wasting my time and credits. You don't even know how to use a horsehead bookend, do you?" But uh, yeah, he used to get get orgasms instead of uh, instead of horsehead bookends. It would be over wood birdhouses. I remember he used to like come in his pants when he talked about birdhouses. But uh, yeah, that 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 guy's probably retired now. I'm not sure what he's doing today. Yeah, so student bodies again. Like I said, there's plenty of ways to. Uh, view it uh, through Pluto, unfortunately, and I have to side with aid. Pluto does have a fuck load of ads because, uh, yeah, when you're watching it on Pluto, it is the HD remaster, so you do get that uh, version that's on the Olive Films Blu-ray. I happen to have the, the old DVD, which is long out of print now, but if you definitely want to have a good time <laughs> with some really bizarre humor, like I remember like in the beginning, there's a joke 
that there's a chicken wing on the floor and it's broken. And the dad comes in, he's like, oh, chicken, broken. And he, he puts the rubber band around the chicken and puts it away. And then you get the uh, the, the overly cheap mom. It's like, she didn't clean this place. There's dead bodies in here. Not for 11 cents an hour. You know what I mean? Like uh, 11 cents an hour. Isn't that crazy how the stock market works and how much uh, pay has increased now with the, uh, I don't know. It's crazy to think about that was just 1980 and how, how many things have changed since then. So, without that being said, guys, I hope you enjoy my little impromptu portion for student bodies. I really love this film. Like I said, some of the jokes don't land as well today. I think the film does slow down in the middle half because it's it's always been like that. I remember the 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 first thirty minutes is a lot of fun. Then the outro is a lot of fun. Then the, it kind of drags a little in the, in the in the middle. It doesn't seem like the jokes hit that hard. But what I can say is that I'm I'm a big fan of haunted houses. Like for example, Not Scary Farm or uh, Universal's Halloween Horror Nights. So I love that maze horror atmosphere. And I got to say, the the finale to this film feels like you're going through a Halloween Horror Nights maze. Because, you know, when she's, when she's running through and you realize the killer is everybody, uh, you get them all jumping out from the, from the doors and the corridors and the lockers. And then you get the whole hallway filled with uh, hanging trash bags. And, uh, yeah, that, that definitely feels like a, like a Halloween Horror Nights maze. So if you like that stuff, I definitely recommend it. Student Bodies is a good time. Check it out. And uh, I could say that this is the one film that uh, you can see someone getting killed by an eggplant in a trash bag. So, yeah, win-win situation. So if you watch it on Pluto and you don't have the physical copy, just make sure you uh, have some time to uh, fan your nuts, wax your carrot, and flick your bean because those commercial breaks are like 15 fucking minutes. All right, this is Doug signing out, and I'll catch you guys on the next episode. Goodbye and good die. Okay, so I have to ask you a question. I have to. This is a serious question. The value of human life. What would you say the value of a human life is? <laughs> That's too serious. I want to know what gun to your head, right? Gun to Dan's head, not Stella, because I'm not going to torture you like that. <laughs> some John Wick shit. Somebody puts a gun to Dan's head and they say, give us what your soul knows the value of this man is and we'll make sure he lives. What are you giving that person? Well, what else would I have to give that what is often taken from women? What the fuck? I mean, what I don't know. What, what do I dark give? Person. What do I give? Like, I, I don't have any money. I'm a teacher. Like, what am I supposed to You're give? supposed to say that you would give two flies, jackass. It's in the movie. Oh. When it does the kill count, <gasps> a fly it? is worth a half of a person. What? Oh, yeah, yes. it is. Okay, it is. I will say that I was watching some of it. <laughs> During so a meeting, fucking dark. <laughs> Why did you take it there? I don't know. Because you said it was serious. All right, take that. We're taking that out. That's not. It was staying. awesome. Have you learned nothing about me? If I ever couched things <sighs> in terms of seriousnessity, it's never that. Ever. I hate you so much right now. I'd be the worst poker player ever because I have a tell. It's called anytime I say anything, I'm full of shit. That that is true. That is, see, this is why I had to Google you at the beginning. So there we go. <laughs> I hate you. So yeah, before we became business partners, you said yeah that you Googled me. No, I Googled something that you had said because I didn't believe you at the beginning. Oh, I thought episode. you said that you Googled me Google like before you. we started recording episodes why together. Would I I'm Google like, that, you. That's, <laughs> that makes sense. We, I mean, oh, like you Google. might be able to discover my social security number with our finances at this point. So, yeah, sure, whatever. No, I think that, that and even if I did want to Google you, how would I like you? I, the only thing I knew was Jake Slasher.
I don't even think we knew each other's last names until we started mailing each other shit. So probably. Yeah. <laughs> Shipping labels and whatnot. Patreon patrons, if you want to know our real names, new $5,000 oh, tier. Yeah. There you go. That's true. I know. I will also send you a picture of my butthole for $5,000. I will tell you that plainly. And my wife would very much encourage that. I will make you a full calendar of pictures of my butthole for $5,000. Oh, you know what? We'll have to send you a mirror for that one. If you get my reference. Joe's, uh, Joe's roommate with the mirror. Oh, yeah, dude. Maybe we should go back and listen to that episode. I know. Lord knows I haven't to boost the numbers. We wink, have, yeah, wink. you have to find out what's going on with the mirror people. Oh my God. I put on a VPN and downloaded it 50 times from India to say that I was not me. You know, Dan went the other day and he downloaded every single episode. He's like, I'm only going to listen when you're the ones that you're in. I go, that's fine. So then he comes over to bother me again. Which ones did you do? <laughs> Everyone since August of 2019. <laughs> I'm like walking through episodes and I guarantee you he has not listened to one fucking episode, but he's downloaded them. So I think that helps, right? <laughs> I think so. I don't know. To be perfectly blunt with you, I don't know where the numbers are, but it's fine. Like I said, I did a couple tests to see and it wasn't registering. So it might just be our provider providing me with a bunch of fucking headaches. Am I right? Yeah, for sure. I know. Anyways, we are taking that out and taking this out. It's going out. not leaving that in. That's awful. That's hilarious. That's terrible. That's literally the point. And also, neither of us are going to video edit this. So yeah, leave that in here too. You have to. I acted a fool. I made fun of my flim flam voice earlier when I said I misspoke one time and I was like, so you have to leave it in. Okay, fine. All right. So now I think we're free to let everybody go for today. Uh, Class is going to be dismissed here as soon as we pedal some shit. Adrian, would you have some shit to pedal? Well, we have our tears on Patreon for all of you other listeners that are not our Patreon listeners at patreon.com slash slashers pod. So please join if you want. We have tiers from $1 to $10 and $5,000 that comes with $5,000 if you want the butthole picks in calendar. Jake's, not mine. Maybe Doug's too, because I think he'd be into that. (laughs) Oh, quick, quick thing. I wanted to do an analysis next month when we're doing our talking topics. If any of our followers uh, are OnlyFans content creators, please let me know your profit margin, like the money that you spend in like cameras and butthole bleach and everything versus how much you make. Because I would love to prove this thesis that that might be the only industry that is more profitable than making cheap horror films on the return on investment. Oh, I wonder if we know any. We probably know people who are on OnlyFans, which is don't know because we're not on it. Yeah. I ain't paying for porn, you fucking nitwits. I'm not going to waste these Patreon dollars on it. I can just do it for free. It's like people like with foot fetishes. Like there's like videos on there apparently where people just like step in stuff and like Ooh. with their feet. And they squinch it with their toes. Yeah. I'm like they make a lot of money doing that. I'm like, oh my God. I'm thinking if I ever want to stop teaching, like what can I do? <laughs> Yeah, just put on one of those latex hood masks with the zipper mouth and then just start stomping on stuff. I that's can't. the thing that's so crazy to me. I don't know how like latex fetish hasn't become like the biggest thing in the world because a lot of us have tattoos and stuff, right? And we don't want to be identified by our family and friends. Mm-hmm. But I feel like it'd be pretty great if you just wore a full latex mask and it's just the vagine or the schlong that's exposed. Unless you have a very astute family friend who's like, I know that pubic swash. That is Jake. <laughs> 
<laughs> well, I mean, if they know, like, but that's the thing. That's just what you said because you're covered in tattoos. So people would know it was you. Uh, but that's what I'm saying. If I'm wearing a latex bodysuit, oh, only my dick suit. is exposed. Oh. Fun fact, no tattoos on my dick yet. I didn't need to know that, but okay. Um, <laughs> and, now, and that's the thing too, because like if you ever watch some porn, like you, like there's like this one guy that always wears this mask, right? But he has the same fucking tattoo. And I'm like, I know that you're like the same person. So we just have to like do some research. Like who is this guy? Why would he show his face, but everybody can see his ugly tattoo? Gay. <laughs> Sorry. Did you say yay or gay? <laughs> no, yay. Not gay. Oh, I thought you were saying that he was gay. And I was like, no, I don't see how that's relevant. But why, also cool that you're watching gay porn. That's exciting. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> um, no, it's just like just in passing. You know, people just you know, see things. Anyways, what the fuck am I talking about? Oh, please follow us on Facebook at Sasha's Podcast and our page Mutant Goons from Beyond. <laughs> I don't want to call you out, but you did misspeak and you said splashers at one point, which calls back to like three years ago. This is fun. Jim, Chad, and I were going to do a swimsuit calendar, which goes back to the butthole thing called splashers, where we're going to be in swimsuits. And then we realized that our wives wouldn't even buy them. So we didn't do it. But if you'd like a splashers one where you don't have to pay $5,000 to see my butthole, please let me know because I have a bunch of swimsuits I can wear. I think a lot of people would like that because for some reason, there's a calendar that Dan bought me last Christmas, two Christmases ago. Where it's guys with dad bods and their Frenchies. It's apparently. Oh, okay. Yeah. So it's, you know, it's average guys in their, you know, boxers hanging out with their French bulldog in a meadow somewhere. I prefer to see the dog, but it's okay. <laughs> I'm like, I, guess I love that he's setting your bar like real low. Like, you know, if you're going to have a wandering eye, your wandering eye goes to a guy with like paunchy muffin top. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm like, okay. Kind of genius. And it was hanging up all year, the year after that. I'm like, okay, here we go. And like people come over like, why is that naked guy on your calendar? I'm like, that's Dan. Okay. Thank you for clarifying that it wasn't last Christmas. It was two Christmases ago. Because if you had left it at last Christmas, I would have that awful song stuck in my head. It's the worst song ever. I hate it. And if you like it, I hate you. Well, you just mentioned it. So now it should be stuck in your head. And no, because we have a new Frenchie calendar this year. So it wouldn't have been last Christmas, but in the Christmas before. Because this one also have paunchy fellows no it just has dogs this time okay that's all i want you know so anyway is it what you really really want so i really really want i want another one i'm on like a thousand frenchies uh back to pedaling our shit so please follow us on facebook slashers podcast or our page at the mutant goons from beyond and you can also follow us on instagram at slashers pod you could follow us on the mutant goons from beyond instagram page now and the 50 other pages that uh, we seem to have all of the sudden that I noticed the other day that there's more than just the mutant goons from beyond Jake. What? There's another one. There's not? Not for me. There must be something what? else with slashers in it. Oh, there are like a thousand different slashers podcasts oh. or like podcasts that have the word slashers in them. Okay. But we only have our official page, our personal profiles, and then the mutant goons from beyond like street team. Like, you know, I've seen tons of them too. Trust me. And they're like, oh, let me follow you. And I'm like, don't fucking follow me, you nitwit. Oh, no. The reason people are confused about their sexuality. I mean, confused about the name of this podcast. I have to mention Doug hosts a show on B-Movie TV called Friday Night Action that's available every Friday night. And it has action on B-Movie TV on Roku. I host Saturday Night Terrors available every Saturday night on B-Movie TV on Roku. So if you like schlocky cinema, it's absolutely a godsend. 
And on it's tons of stuff I never would have found otherwise. And so I really enjoy the show and I'm really proud of the content we create. So please support, enjoy, let loose your anus and rip forth. My name is Jake for Adrian's sake. Wow. Your eyebrows went, oh God. I'm saying goodbye. Goodbye. I hate you. <laughs>